Taylor, and this is the second episode in our mini-series on navigating mental health in the church. Specifically, though, today's episode is going to be on depression. If you were with us last week, you were listening to me and Kenzie. We were talking all about generally navigating mental health in the church, what it means to be there for other people who are dealing with mental health, um, 101 tips, 101 truths. It was amazing. <laughs> and you also heard that Kenzie is going to be back with us today. Hello. And she's going to be sharing her testimony with us and much more. So I'm sure you guys are so excited to hear about that. Um, obviously, this is just a little disclaimer. Neither of us are doctors. We're also not psychologists, but we are both humans <laughs> who have dealt with depression. And depression is a very normal human emotion. Um, so if you are dealing with depression, you are not alone. We're here for you, girl. And we're going to be talking all about that today. Um, and specifically, we're going to be hearing about Kenzie's testimony of God's faithfulness through in the midst of her depression. Um, so I feel like it's important to do this because Christians, when Christians come together to talk about the struggles that they're facing, it helps break down walls that Mm -hmm. we've built up. It helps create true genuine connections and it also helps us to really see that we're all struggling and we're all human and we don't have to be so afraid we don't have to be perfect Christians which we all know we're not (laughs) um and it creates more intimacy and friendships um it's really valuable we don't do it enough in the church um but let's dive into Kenzie's experience, her testimony if you will, on her experience with depression and God's faithfulness in the midst of it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'll introduce myself again in case anyone's new and didn't get to listen to the last episode. Although after this one's over, I highly encourage you to go back, (laughs) just like Taylor said. But I'm Kenzie Story. Um, I work with a ministry called Free to Be Ministries, which is near the Illinois and Wisconsin border. Mm -hmm. Um, I also work with a church called 180 Chicago that is located downtown Chicago. Um, We have this fun little home church way of doing church, being the church. So so we're kind of across the uh, Chicago land area. And then I'm a mom. I have two little kids, two little boys. They're three and five. And I am married to a guy named Alex. And I'm a DJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Well, that's my strong, strong wing oh. on the Enneagram. So I have lots of um, side hustles and hobbies. So. Cool. <laughs> but um, I'm really excited to share with you guys today some of my personal experience. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. like Taylor said, Vulnerability can be really hard, but it's so important yeah. when we are able to share what's really going on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, often you've got other people that go, oh yeah, me too, me too. And you start to connect in ways yeah. that you might not have been able to before. Yeah. So um, just to say ahead of time that if you, as you're listening to this, you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Kenzie Story. Um, or on our free to be page, uh, that's free to be ministries on Facebook or mm-hmm. FTB ministries on Instagram, or mm-hmm. reach out to Taylor and Ashley mm-hmm. um, because we're here for you. We want to be there with you in Absolutely. these struggles and give you some encouragement. But yeah. um, my story with depression and anxiety, it's always kind of been both mm-hmm. for me, uh, which I think is pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, but that started looking back now. I can see it started at a very young age. Um, In fact, my oldest son, 
Zach, who's almost five, mm-hmm. I'm almost positive already is struggling with anxiety. I started, yeah. I've started to pinpoint some things with him yeah. that just the way he reacts to things that I notice that yeah. are similar to what I experienced. But um, my, it was kind of, it was always prevalent and invasive enough that it would interrupt parts of my life, but not invasive enough that I thought I had a yeah. disorder. Right. I didn't get any official help until much later in life. Yeah. And so I just kind of coasted through life, through high school, through college, mm-hmm. through um, early my early 20s, mm-hmm. just kind of dealing with yeah. this thing, thinking I would just, I'm a more uptight personality and mm-hmm. um, not really understanding yeah. that it was an illness. Mm-hmm. I have a specific memory as a kid in elementary school and um, thinking like at the time I just thought you are nuts but now (laughs) looking back I realize why I thought this way I would see kids like come in after the weekend and they had a cast on their leg or something and they had the crutches and you know someone would have to walk with them from class early and every time that would happen I thought man I really wish that was me and I used Mm -hmm. to think it was the weirdest like oh my gosh, I'm never going to tell someone that that popped in my head because what, <laughs> what a weirdo. But um, as an adult, when I really started realizing what was going on yeah. with my anxiety and my depression, I realized that what I was experiencing on a daily basis wasn't something that people could see. Yeah, It wasn't this physical ailment yeah. where it was like a cast on your leg. People feel sorry for you. They want to yeah. help you. They understand why you're struggling, why you're right. behind a little bit from the rest of everybody yeah. else. But with depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses, remember yeah. if you're out there and your mental illness is something else, this is for you too. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, people look at your life and they think she's fine. Mm-hmm. And especially if you haven't really recognized that in your life, like yeah. if, if you're younger and you're, yep. you're, kind of gathering that something's wrong but you're not really sure you can't really pinpoint what it is and so you think why am I so emotional yeah and what's wrong with me and why can't I just be strong and so those are some of like the earliest memories that Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. um with my illness Mm -hmm. and through high school there was a lot of um explosive emotions and I'm not just talking about like anger I mean things would happen and I would just crumble and just get in this pit of depression um a lot of behavior like sneaking out of the house early drinking early drug use Mm -hmm. that at the time I would say I'm just a rebellious teenager but (laughs) if I again looking back at it I see how much I was struggling I I'm surprised I made it through high school sometimes. Um, There were days, I think I probably maxed out on all of my uh, absent days aloud. And a lot of the times, those days, I didn't have a cold or anything. I just woke up and I'm like, I can't go to school. Um, So, yeah, I just didn't really understand that that was what was going on. And my parents wouldn't have known unless I had known to say something. So I just kind of lived with it for a while. And... um, 
then, you know, I got married later on and we started having kids mm-hmm. and um, that is when everything sort of crashed and yeah. burned. Yeah. When you have kids, your body changes, your hormones change. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever changes I was experiencing from having kids just sort of cranked everything up. Yeah. Full scale. Yeah. And I had postpartum depression mm-hmm. after both my children were born. Um, but the especially with my first child, it was a it was like hitting a wall. What did that feel like? Um so in the beginning I thought I'm just stressed because I'm a new mom. Yeah. But the things that I could pinpoint is feeling almost out of body. Like yeah. I was just floating through the motions. Right. I was doing everything I needed to do to take care of my kid, feeding him, yeah. changing him. But I didn't I didn't interact with him yeah. like a new parent yeah. usually does. I didn't feel connected to him. He stressed me out. Yeah. And uh, it makes me sad when I think about it now because I'm, I hear all these stories and I would hear them then too of new yeah. moms being like, oh, I'm just, I've always wanted to be a mom. And so did I. Right. And then I experienced this feeling like I, I'm a bad mom. Oh. But then as time went on, I realized, oh, there's something else right. wrong here. Like I'm, right. I'm experiencing postpartum depression. Yeah. And it got a little better in between my two children. They're only about two years apart, so mm-hmm. there's not that much time <laughs> between them. But um, with my second child, right before I had him, about a month before, uh, I went into preterm labor. Wow. And it initiated something that I didn't even know existed. It's called prepartum depression. Wow. And wow. I, that is probably the most extreme experience of depression that I have ever experienced in my whole life. I couldn't get out of bed. Wow. Um, I couldn't sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a thing with depression a lot of times is, uh, especially with clinical, we'll call it the chronic illness version of Mm -hmm. depression, because there is the chronic illness version, and then there is, like, sadness that is situational. Yeah. Um, but when your brain isn't producing enough serotonin, serotonin is supposed to turn into melatonin at night. Okay. So that's why a lot of times people that have depression can't sleep. Yeah. They often experience insomnia or other things like that. Yeah. So I couldn't sleep at night and then I'd finally fall asleep in the morning. And when I would wake up, I would try to get out of bed and interact with my family and I would get out of the bedroom, sit in the couch in the living room or whatever. And within minutes, I'd just end up sobbing and back in my room because I just couldn't deal with life. Yeah. And it wasn't anything in particular that was wrong. My pregnancy was going fine. I mean, I had kind of a difficult pregnancy at the end, but nothing like in particular. Um, And I just remember during that time... I remember going into the bathroom or in my bedroom and on my knees just sobbing Mm -hmm. to God, take it away, take it away, take it away. And it was silence. Yeah. And man, that silence was deafening because when you're so in need of change or uh, freedom or healing and it's not coming, it feels like rejection. Yeah. And so that season with 
uh, God and with my anxiety and depression really rocked my spiritual journey. Um, I remember saying to myself, you know, I know that God is good, whatever that means. (laughs) And thinking like, but what is good? If good includes allowing me this pain and suffering. And what's really interesting is those of you listening today that maybe don't um, struggle with mental illness, you've struggled with other things. Yeah. And, you know, you may have felt that way before too. So these seasons of just really wanting God to relieve you and and heal you and knowing that he can and doesn't is very, very difficult. It's really hard to stay in faith. Yeah. And, um continue in chronic illness or chronic pain and suffering. Um, so towards the end of that year, I remember God did something really kind of crazy, um, during a conference that I was at, it was Mm -hmm. like one of the last worship sets and I'm just sitting there worshiping and, you know, just enjoying the conference and, I, God gave me a vision Mm. and just so you know, out there, (laughs) this is not, um, twilight zone. Okay. I'm not, I'm not talking about like all of a sudden I'm in a different place or something. (laughs) When I say vision, I was, my eyes were closed and he gave me a mind picture Yeah, and I was standing in a glass room and was stuck in this Mm. glass room and I Mm. could see on the other side of the glass freedom. Yeah. And this hand comes from behind me and touches the glass, and the glass shatters. Wow. And I I like to think that that was like God's hand. Yeah. That he was setting me free. And something shifted that day. I went home. Even my husband was like, what? Something's different about you. I had a new hope. Wow. um, A fresh, sort of refreshing, uh, refreshed spirit. Yeah. And, um... I felt like at least for a season, God healed me, gave me relief of the depression that I was experiencing at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But my story doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. And uh, sooner or later, that season ended and God allowed depression to overcome me again. And... um, Some people might say, well, then he's not a nice God and he's this and that. And, you know, I can't answer why he has allowed me to struggle with it for so long. But I know that when I came out of that most extreme season, um, there was a lot of things that I learned about God in that season that if you listen to the other episode, Mm -hmm. a lot of what I shared the last episode came out of that season. And so I found myself awkwardly grateful (laughs) for, um, for my pain. Yeah. And it was like the spirit in me says, brokenness is a blessing. Brokenness is a gift. Your, your mental health struggles, your mental illness, your chronic illness, your Mm -hmm. chronic pain is a gift. But then my flesh says, but don't do it again. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's totally normal. Um, but if you are in the thick of it, I 
firmly believe when God promises us in his word that he will bring good out of all things yeah. for those that love him, that that is one of them. And he promises in the word that we suffer and experience his comfort and his healing and his mm-hmm. presence so yeah. that we can share that with other people. Yeah. So that's kind of like the blessing in it. Yeah. But um, I ended up needing to get medicine. Yeah. So it got to the point where I was having suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and invasive thoughts. I would be home with my kids and I'll just be real candid and honest because yeah. I feel like it may help someone else out there. Yeah. There were times where I would sit with my kids and I would never harm my kids. Yeah. It was never like that. But yeah. my thought was, man, I really wish that our house would just blow up right now because mm. then my kids would be in heaven. I would be in heaven. We could all just be away from this pain. Yeah. And so it was when those thoughts started becoming so invasive, so common almost every day that I thought, you know what, I need to get more help. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our in-depth Bible study academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Absolutely. And there is a stigma, unfortunately, in the church mm-hmm. with mental health, especially with mental health medication. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people think... It's a sin to get help. Medicine. You should be relying on God. You're yeah. not supposed to have anxiety. And again, the, the, the last podcast we talked about this, there is a big difference between feeling fearful and yeah. bowing down to your fear. Yeah. There's a big difference between having worries and concerns and letting those worries and concerns be your God, be your yeah. idol, be in control. And right. there's also, even more so, a big difference between anxiety, depression, worries, the regular things that right. everyone experiences, yeah. and mental health disorders. Yeah. And we can just call it chronic illness. Yeah. If somebody has chronic back pain and they go and take an Advil, you don't tell them, oh, you need to rely on God more. Yeah. That is not how that works. Right. Um, I mean, it's a personal choice. This is not to push medication by any means. Mm-hmm. That is something you need to talk to about with your doctor. Yeah. I also was seeing a counselor, so I had been seeing a counselor for some time before I made that decision. Mm-hmm. But it just got to the point where I thought, you know what? I live in a broken body yeah. that is not supposed to be this way. Yeah. And it Part of this broken body is a thyroid disorder, and I take a pill for that. And part of this broken body is a broken brain that doesn't produce the serotonin it's supposed to. Yeah. And I need help. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I finally did because I struggled a lot with guilt 
and confusion. And Mm -hmm. even after the fact, had a few moments where people sort of tried to shame me for choosing the medication. But I knew it was what I needed for my physical body. Yeah. And I think the key there is, again, that's not becoming my end all satisfaction. My God, like I'm going to my medication, like you're my savior. No. Even before I had medication, we still have hope. Yeah. We still have hope in Jesus, hope in eternal life, Uh hope in no pain, no tears, all of that. But Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we just need some help. And I'm grateful for modern medicine for that reason because I... It has helped me thrive in new ways. And it has not cured my disease. Yeah. I still struggle yeah. with depression, anxiety, but it kind of gave me extra floaters on my boat. Yeah. So I'm not sinking all the yes. time. I'm I'm above the water a little bit more where I'm able to actually thrive and focus and relate to God yeah. in ways that I couldn't before. Right. And before anybody takes my words wrongly there, what I mean is my brain was so fogged from my illness that it was hard for me to even focus on studying the word. It was hard for me to focus in prayer. It doesn't mean I couldn't. It doesn't mean Jesus didn't give me strength to do it anyways. He did. But for me personally, the right choice at that time was to take that step towards some medication. And... It has helped. Yeah. So just, uh, I guess that's kind of like the long version of my story. Um, It's still an ongoing battle. It's still something I deal with. And um, there's still weeks where I'm kind of down more than normal. Yeah. Um, But just, I think we learn a lot through our brokenness about how to rely on God even more. Mm -hmm. And... Also, a reminder that we are human mm-hmm. and that even if it's not mental health, we're not superwoman or superman. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's okay to struggle. Right. Because God uses you anyways. Yeah. And he, no matter what illness, ailments, struggles, mm-hmm. pain you have, yeah. God has a plan for your life and he will accomplish that plan through you and in you. Yeah. So... There's That's some my major encouragement. Truth in that. Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And for the person who is listening to this and is relating to you on so many levels but is struggling right now to feel hope, maybe they're reading the word but they feel nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm. What scripture stood out to you when you were going through that that gave you hope? Hmm. Yeah. um. Because when I was going through depression, I felt like I was still diligent in reading my Bible. The feeling wasn't there. But the feeling was not there. And I remember just like, it was going on for a year. I was like, I don't even, like, I'm just like, I felt like my hope was like (laughs) dwindling. And I was like, I just don't know why I why I'm not feeling something. And like, I was, I didn't know what scripture to go to, Mm. to cling to that would give me peace and security. Um, so a couple things come to mind. Yeah. Um, first I would say, I think that through our pain and struggles, through our mental health, Mm -hmm. 
Uh, God teaches us uh, not to ride the boat of feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so when we worship, pray, read our Bible, whatever else, and we have that good feeling, that is not yeah. bad. Right. That's a great thing. Yeah. Um, but when we worship, pray, read our Bible or whatever else, mm-hmm. and we don't have that feeling, mm-hmm. that's also not a bad thing. Right. Um, we have to trust that God is at work anyways. Yeah. And that we're, that is this whole idea, like Romans 5 talks about rejoicing in your suffering. Now, what it doesn't say is enjoy your suffering. Okay? Yeah. We don't have to enjoy it. Yeah. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, asked God to make a different <laughs> path for him. Yeah. Jesus, God himself in the flesh, agonized over the fact that he was going to have to die on a cross yeah. and asked God, please, please, anything but this. Yeah. Did he enjoy his suffering? I think not, or it wouldn't be <laughs> suffering. <laughs> right. Did he rejoice in his suffering anyways? Yes. Hebrews talks about for the hope that was yeah. before him. And what was that hope? It was saving the world. Yeah. It was glorifying God. Yeah. And so for us, it's eternal life. It's lack of pain and suffering. Yeah. It's that hope. So we rejoice in our suffering because we know it's not forever. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing to think about. Uh, another thing to think about is I when you're talking about being like on a thread or like yeah. hardly hanging on, like yeah. I feel like I'm not hanging on. Um, yeah. There's multiple scriptures, and I can't remember exactly where they are. Maybe mm-hmm. you can look it up and put it in your podcast notes <laughs> later. But it talks about um, Jesus is talking about his God bringing his believers, his sheep to him, yeah. and that no one can snatch them out of his yes. hands. Yep. This is a verse, and there's other ones similar to it, that are reminding us that our salvation in Christ, when we become believers and followers of Jesus and our hearts have been changed and we've become new, all of that happens. The Holy Spirit is in us. That's a seal. It's a promise that we are never going to be not saved. We are always going to be saved. Our fate is going to end in heaven. Yes. And so when you are hanging by threads Mm -hmm. and not feeling and hardly able to do anything, I want you to remember, I've reminded a friend of mine this many times when Mm -hmm. she's shared that with me. Remember that it isn't up to you to uh, remain. Yeah. Um, The vine, remain in me and I remain in you. We remain by faith. And that is a one-time action. Yeah. You, there is a moment in each of our lives when we place our faith in Jesus and we become that new creation. Yeah. That is us abiding in Christ. Yes. And then he says, no one can snatch you out of our hand, yeah. out of my hand. Yeah. That means that he will forever abide in you and you will forever abide in him. Yeah. Even when you don't feel it. Yeah. Even when you feel like you have 0.000001% faith or hope left. Yeah. Um, so trust that promise. Yeah. Trust that God still has you. Yeah. And even if he carries you with that thread mm-hmm. through the rest of your life, which I pray to God he doesn't. I pray to God <laughs> he gives you relief. Um, but even if that was the case, you are secure. Yeah. And it's this whole idea. There's this really cool story in Old Testament um, where Jacob wrestles with God. Mm-hmm. And he's wrestling and he's wrestling and he's wrestling and he's wrestling. And he's 
not giving up. Yeah. And it talks about this, um, the angel of the Lord that mm-hmm. he's wrestling with, which many people think is Jesus mm-hmm. or God in the present. Yeah. That he knocks his hip socket out of place. Yeah. And then Jacob crumbles. Yeah. And this whole idea of like, when we are weak, we are strong. Like when we try to fight the fight ourselves, yeah. we are getting in our own way. Yeah. So sometimes the most beautiful place that you can be is on that thread. Yeah. Because you, you've got nothing left. Right. And you're just hanging there. Yeah. You're just hanging there like a, like a puppet or something. Yeah. And you're like, I have no strength. Yeah. I have no ability. And you kind of just have to let yeah. God have his way. Yeah. And so then when you get to those points where you're like, I have nothing left, but then all of a sudden something happens, like you accomplish something, you you share God with someone, you yeah. you love on your child. That's yeah. an accomplishment, okay? <laughs> Especially if you're dealing with mental health. Um, that is God working in you. And yeah. that is that whole... Where I am weak, I am strong. Yeah. Another Bible verse, I think maybe that's in yeah. Ephesians. Yeah. And the last thing I'll share um, as far as encouragement is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Mm-hmm. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So how do we get this peace of God that doesn't make any sense according to our situation Mm -hmm. um, that only could come from him. Mm -hmm. It's in every situation, instead of bowing down to our fear and our worries, Mm -hmm. praying and petitioning, but we forget this next part with thanksgiving. We think, okay, I'll pray. Please, God, take it away. Please, God, take it away. And that's not a bad prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus tells you to keep asking. Yeah. But with thanksgiving and Present your request to God. So I have a little phrase that I like to tell people, and it's pray like you feel mm. and praise like you don't. Yeah. So pray like you feel. You scream, you cry, you do whatever it is that you feel, and you pray to God like that. Yeah. Prayer is not this... Um. Fancy, uh, neat and tidy conversation with God. Prayer, God already knows what's in your head. I remember that. God already knows what's in your heart. So if you don't say it out loud, you're He already knows. Yeah. So you might as well say it out loud. Yeah. He can take it. <laughs> like someone in the church might be like, Oh Lord. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you just let that out. You you tell him how you feel in your prayers, and then you know what you do? You praise him. Yeah. Like you don't feel. Yeah. And it may feel fake and awkward and um, like, why am I praising him when I don't feel it? Mm -hmm. You praise him for the things that you can think of. So you praise him for if if it's as simple as thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. If that's all you can think of to be Mm -hmm. thankful for, that's great. Turn on a worship song, play play an instrument, Um, whatever it is, your way of worship, dancing, Uh, maybe yours is art. I don't know what it is. You do that like you don't feel. Yeah. So it's a combination of both. Yeah. And something happens when we start focusing on what we're thankful for and what we're grateful for. More thankfulness and gratefulness mm-hmm. starts to um, erupt to the surface. And yeah. that's not to say we're enjoying our suffering. Right. It's to say that we're rejoicing in it yeah. anyways. Yeah. 
Um, so that's that's my advice as mm-hmm. far as like what to do and mm-hmm. verses to go to, mm-hmm. but it's a hard road. Yeah. This is not some anyone out there listening don't feel like, oh, she's just got the perfect answer to everything. Let me tell you, there are times <laughs> there are times when I'm like, you know what? I'm not praying or praising. <laughs> Or I'm just crying or yeah. I'm feeling like there's no solution here. Yeah. Um, I've got some personal stuff going on right now mm-hmm. that is hard yeah. that I just want to run away from. And yeah. it is really, really challenging yeah. for me to stay in it and yeah. stay with God yeah. and do the things that I'm talking about. So this is not a, yeah. oh, it's so easy. Choose joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just cross that phrase out. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's hard and it's okay to struggle in it and yeah. not always do the things I'm suggesting. But if you have an opportunity where you're like, I'm going to try that once, then yeah. go for it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, so wrapping up the podcast, do you have any last advice or thoughts or just encouragements for somebody who maybe it just finally feels like they're being heard right now or they mm. feel like I'm actually not alone in this? Mm. Um, identify one person in your life. I said this on the last podcast. I'll say it again. Mm -hmm. Identify at least one person in your life that you trust to the core. Yeah. And reach out to them and talk to them. Yeah. Even if you don't think they're going to understand it, even if they haven't experienced it themselves, if you know that they have a listening ear and will have compassion and love for you. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. If you don't have someone like that, reach out to your church. Your pastor, your women's ministry director, whoever it is, um, worship leader, someone, yeah. someone that's connected in your church and say, yeah. hey, is there anyone that I could connect with about this? Mm-hmm. I know that might be scary. So if that's still scary, email or message Ashley or Taylor, mm-hmm. email or message me. You can mm-hmm. find me on social media. I do check it regularly. I will respond. I don't have an admin person that responds for me. <laughs> I will respond to you personally. Um, you can email me, Kenzie, at yeah. ftbministries.com, and we can connect. Yeah. Um, but reach out to someone. And then, of course, if you feel like you need professional help, go find a counselor. Find yeah. a Christian counselor that's going to give you both the um, the advice of counseling and psychology, but with God connected to it mm-hmm. as well. Because sometimes just having someone to talk to and listen to you yeah. It changes a lot. Yeah. Um, But besides that, you know, the Christian answer is to keep seeking God. And I know that that sometimes sounds so vague and so Band-Aid, like, seek God, great. But um, with those things that I mentioned, just keep seeking his word because when his truth Mm -hmm. is in your hearts, Mm -hmm. like it said, that's where you're going to find that peace. Keep praying, even if you don't see the changes you want, even if you're still struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, And be okay with the days when you can't, when you're like, you know what, I just can't pray anymore. I can't read another verse right now. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Have grace for yourself. Mm -hmm. Have Mm -hmm. so much grace for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are interested in counseling, we've mentioned this in our past podcast, but we do have um, a link that will get you 10% off your first month. If you go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, you get 10% off your first month of Christian based Mm. counseling. It's online. You can do it through um, video chat. Um, You get to pick who your counselor is 
It's a very um, reputable website. They're all licensed counselors, so you're not getting a rando on the other <laughs> side of the screen. But if you are interested in counseling, we do have that for you guys. So. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. I this want is my to first podcast experience. Get out of town. So, yeah. I want you to be on every other podcast. <laughs> I'm serious. It was such a delight. And if you guys enjoyed this series, please go follow her on her socials and um, shoot her a DM or yeah. an email about um, your thoughts on the podcast, if you related if you have any questions, I'm sure she'd love to answer. Sure. Um, so thank you guys for watching. Yeah. Bye-bye.